You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killian. morning. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. And right off the bat, quick show of hands, who here has ever been angry at someone? Put them up, put them up, put them up, put them up. Come on. All right. There we go. Yeah, me too. Um, so my last name is Killy. And I did a little bit of research on my last name a few years back. And I found that my last name is Scotch-Irish. So it's kind of hard to nail down whether it's Scottish or Irish. They're right next to each other. Um, but it's one of them. And that's a little bit scary because I'm pretty sure Scotland and Ireland have been fighting everybody since like forever. And uh, I actually found a cool family photo of my grandpa, Willie. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a good guy. Um, but I went on and I found that my last name is uh, originally pronounced Machilia. Machilia. Now, they say that your last name is an indication of what your ancestor's profession was, and so I can only come to terms that I come from a long line of hitmen, and I hope that's not the case. But regardless, anger, it's, it's, something, it's, in some, it's something in me, it's something in you, we all deal with it. Um, I grew up fighting with my sister, constantly. And I don't mean like the whole like stick your hand like as close to their face and be like, I'm not touching you. I mean like knock down, drag out brawls in the front yard like we fought, we fought. To the point that my mom, I remember my mom crying, looking at us going, I just pray to God that one day you like each other. And God answered that prayer because we get along well. We get along now well, you know, we don't agree on everything, but we don't hate each other. We love each other. Uh, but we did. We fought a lot growing up. I go to college, um, and I get a roommate that we had no business being each other's roommates. Like, I was a terrible, lazy, messy roommate, and he knew how to say things to get under people's skin. And when you put those two things together, one day, you have a problem. And so one day, he just said the wrong thing at the wrong time, and I snapped and I punched him in the face as hard as I could. And then I moved out of my house and had to go get my own place. And it was a mess. It was not good. Take notes, kids. Don't do any of that. It's bad. But the point is, had I not done those things, I wouldn't have had to have reaped the consequences of those things. If I wasn't angry, I wouldn't have had to have reaped those consequences. And so since we all deal with anger, I think we should look at Matthew 5, 21 through 22, on what Jesus himself had to say about the issue. He said, you've heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Tough words, Jesus. 
I thought Jesus was supposed to have all the nice stuff to say, right? I think we as people have this tendency that we build a hierarchy of sins. That we have this structure that we've built where we can neatly organize sin into how bad it is, right? And I think if you made the top tier, it would be like murder, rape, incest, all the stuff that's just so other, just so out there, just so bad. It's so different from us, right? Like, I can't even, I can't even think what that must be like to have that kind of thought go through your head, to, to, to actually act on that kind of thing. What kind of person could do those things, right? And right below that, you've got like drug addiction, alcoholism, Gambling addiction, all the isms and addictions, right? Theft, um, sexual sin, right? Pornography, uh, adultery, fornication, those kind of things. And then the next tier down is the, what I like to call, everything else category. It's all the stuff that happens day to day that we kind of kick to the side and go, well, I didn't mean to, you know, I just... It just happened. I didn't mean to cuss. I didn't mean to take the Lord's name in vain. I didn't mean to get angry in traffic. It's the stuff that we have a greater tendency to do, that we see people around us do. It's almost normalized. And so we don't want to put it in the same category as those other things, because those are different. We demonize people like murderers. We look at people who've committed heinous crimes and think they're just the worst. That person doesn't deserve to be a part of society. That person is awful that they could take a human life. But Jesus looks at us and he says, well, have you ever been angry at somebody? And guess what? I saw every hand go up, every single one in this room. And he says, you're a murderer. You've murdered in your heart. You're a murderer. You're no better. You are just as bad. You are the same. You are just as guilty. You are just as wicked. You're just as vile. It's all the same to God. Anger, murder, you're the same. Let me ask you something. You've heard that before, right? We all agree with that? Yeah? Do you believe it? Do you believe that anger and murder are just the same to God? That it comes from the same wicked place? That in the eyes of God, you are equally guilty? The murderer is not greater than you. He's not worse than you. You're the same. Do you believe that? Do your actions reflect that? Does your life reflect that you believe that? Are we just as quick to, to guard ourselves from being angry as we are from picking up a sledgehammer and going to town. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same. But do we treat it the same? How do you treat other people based on their sin? Do you look at people who have done horrible things and do you treat them differently than you would somebody that you know goes to anger management on the weekend? Do you treat them different than you would expect someone to treat you for the things that you've done wrong? You guys ever heard of hate the sin, love the sinner? Anybody familiar with that one? Yeah, me too. Who's sick of hearing that? (laughs) 
It's so corny, right? Like, we've heard it forever, and it's almost to the point where it's, it's just kind of tacky to even say it, because it doesn't mean anything when we say it anymore. Because nobody does it, right? That's the issue. That's the bigger issue. We believe it on some degree. Like, scripturally, it's correct, but we don't really do it. And so it's kind of a joke. C.S. Lewis has a pretty cool quote regarding the whole hate the sin, love the sinner thing. He said, for a long time, I used to think this a silly straw-splitting decision. Or distinction, I'm sorry. How could you hate what a man did and not hate the man? But years later, it occurred to me that there was one man to whom I'd been doing this all my life, namely myself. See, he recognized that he looked at other people and when he saw them, he saw their sin. He saw their worst. He saw the horrible things that they've done and he couldn't divorce the person from the action. But then when he looked at himself, he saw, I'm in the image of God. I'm an image bearer of God. And man, sometimes I just mess up, but I'm trying. I'm out here really trying. And he's making that realization here in this quote that it's like, no, we're exactly the same. Me and those other people. Jesus is leveling the playing field with his words. He's he's trying to make you realize how unworthy you are. And not just that, how equally unworthy everyone else is, except for Jesus. He's making it so we are all standing on equal ground. He's saying, you're all murderers, you're all unworthy, you're all wicked, you're all vile, you all deserve damnation and hell, so be nice to each other. Don't judge each other. You're all awful. Stop judging. He goes on in Matthew 5, 23 through 24, and he says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Let me translate that into modern terms. So you walk into church on a Sunday, and you sit down in the pew, or in the chair, or wherever you are. And you start to sing the first worship song, but all of a sudden, you get this thought in your head of that argument you had with your neighbor, or your family member, or your friend. And there's beef there. There's a problem there. Maybe they did it. Maybe you did it. Whatever. God is saying, I care about your relationships, and I want you to go make them right. He's not saying, look, yeah, actually get up right now, all of you, get up, because you've all got something on your plate. Get up and leave. It's, you should take the relationships in your life as seriously as coming to church on a Sunday, as making your sacrifices at the temple if you're a Jew, right? He's saying, I want both. I want you here. I want you worshiping with your brothers and sisters in Christ. But before you walk back in these doors next Sunday, you make sure you're squared up. Make sure you got right. Make sure you went to those people that you've hurt or have hurt you, that there's an issue between you. Make it right. Settle the problem. Get right with them because God cares about your relationship. He cares about your heart as much as he cares about an act of worship. In Amos, 
And I've quoted this a million times because it's so profound. But God's talking about all the worship Israel's doing. And they're living in sin, but they keep worshiping. They keep burning incense and singing songs and making sacrifices. And he says, I smell your incense and I smell your sacrifice. And it's putrid. It smells like death to me. I hate it. He says, I hear your worship. I hear your songs. But it's like a clanging gong. It's all noise because your hearts aren't right. Go get your heart right and then come worship me. I want both, not either or. He goes on, Matthew 5, 25 through 26. When you're on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. What's he saying? Do it quickly. Go settle your differences quickly. It doesn't matter if you messed up or they messed up. Go fix it. Go make it right. Because the longer you wait, the more you're going to learn to hate them. And the more they're going to learn to hate you. The longer you wait, the more people are going to get drug into it. We as people have a tendency that we don't confront people directly. We go around and we we talk a little over here and we talk a little over there and we don't mean much by it, but it builds and more people get drug in and the issue grows and grows and grows. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, don't let that happen. Get after it now. Make it right now. Square up now. Because if you let this get out of hand, who knows what could happen? You could end up in jail. I feel like there's a little bit of like a hell metaphor there. Until you've paid the last penny, right? It's scary. Don't let it spiral out of control. Because some people hold grudges their entire lives. There are people with broken family relationships where there's people in their family that they don't even talk to anymore because something was said years ago and they just can't let go of it or the other party just can't let go of it. There's there's friendships that get destroyed over a disagreement. There's broken marriages that end in divorce. All sorts of things in our lives, all sorts of problems where relationships can fall apart. And God is saying, Jesus is saying, Make it right. Have you tried to make it right? The thing is, you don't have to be close to them. If somebody's hurt you, if somebody has hurt you in a way where you can't give them your trust, if you can't see yourselves just being like great friends after that, that's okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to be best friends with somebody that's wronged you. You don't have to give your trust to someone that doesn't deserve your trust anymore. But you do need to try and make things right. You can say, look, we don't have to be buddies, but we can't hate each other. How can we square this up? How can we make this right? And here's the deal. Maybe you've gone to somebody and you've tried that and they didn't receive you. That's okay. That's on them. They should receive you if you're honestly trying to make it right. But if they don't, wipe your feet of that situation and you walk away. But you need to ask yourself, have you tried to make it right? Have you tried to get right with the people in your life that have hurt you or that you've hurt? That's what Jesus is calling us to do because you can't just hold on to that anger. You can't just hold on to that hate and you can't let them hang on to that anger and you can't just let them hang on to that hate. You have to at least try.
There's this pretty cool quote I found. Um, I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I don't recommend that one for everybody, by the way. Um, but he likes this quote a lot because he, he talks about it every time the subject comes up. So I looked up the root of the quote, and originally it said it was Buddha. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. So I dug a little deeper. It's an anonymous quote. They don't know who said it, but it's good. It says, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's pretty good. There was a low grumble in the room the last time I said it too. (laughs) It resonates. Why do we do it? Why is it so easy for us to like harbor aggression and anger and hatred? Because here's the deal. If it's just anger, if it's just hatred, if it hasn't turned into action, it's just that feeling inside, you're just hurting you. You're just hurting yourself. What do you think it's doing to the other person? Maybe they don't even know that you're mad. It's just hurting you. So why hang on to it? You've got to be careful because if it bubbles up, if it spills out into the world, it doesn't just stay a feeling. It turns into action. That's where things like murder come from. That's where things like aggression and hostility and violence come from. They're rooted in hate. They're rooted in anger. It spills over into action. And so nip it in the bud before it becomes something bigger, before it starts to ruin lives. And not just your life, but the lives of people around you. It's poison. I know this is like a lot. <laughs> and this is Jesus. This is supposed to be the happy stuff. But Jesus ups the ante. Jesus is always calling you to something greater. Jesus wants you to rise up and be someone better than you currently are because that's what love is. I've been doing some training in leadership development and uh, one of the concepts that they're rooted in, that all the tools are rooted in, is love. And, And their definition of love is fighting for the highest possible good in others. Fighting for the best in other people. For instance, if if you saw somebody that had like a drug problem, a bad drug problem, something that's probably going to kill them, right? Would you let them keep doing that drug or would you fight to get that person out of that situation? Because you want to see them live. You want to see them have a good life. You don't want to see them just squander it all away. You would want them to be called to something greater, even though to that person doing drugs probably seems like the better option. That's us with all sin. That's us with all sin, but Jesus is calling us up out of it as hard as it may be and as stupid as it may seem to us because we like sin. He's calling us to be like him. He's calling us to lay down our hate, to lay down our anger. If you want to live, love, and go like Jesus, lay down your hate. Lay down your anger. We can't go and be adequate representatives of Jesus. If if people just see our anger, our aggression, our hostility, we've got to be welcoming. We've got to be willing to to just be the bigger person and walk away even when we're wronged. And we've got to be 
the kind of people that go and reconcile when we've done something wrong, or even if they've done something wrong to us, to go and try and, to try and forgive them properly. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. And I hope we'll all do that. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.